Hey everybody, this is uh, Stan, and this is uh, week eight of the BS Car Guys podcast. And I am again. I just said it. Why do I say it two times every week? I'm Stan, and that is Bill. And I'll only say it once this week. This week. This week. This week. <laughs> you know. And you know how week. us old people are. We like to repeat ourselves. I am not old, sir. I'm definitely not old. Uh, you can be old, but I am not old. Uh, this week, we are joined by a special guest. His name is Mr. Clayton Cosa. Yay, Clayton. Yay. You are Our first guest star. No, second. I don't know about star. Guest is fine. Guest host. Guest host. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. Aunt, my daughter, Anna, was the first. So I guess Clayton is resigned to second place behind a four-year-old. Sorry, Clayton. Dang. Um, eh, four-year-olds are cute. It's fine. <laughs> That's a pretty special four-year-old, too, so she got like some good genes from her mama. Yes, from her mother, yes. <laughs> hey, this week, uh, one of the bigger reasons um, uh, Clayton is his own is uh, Clayton purchased a vehicle here recently, and uh, seeing how Bill loves old cars, uh, it seemed appropriate that we get him on on the week that we're going to talk a lot about old cars. And, yes. Uh, so, uh, but before we get to talking to Clayton a little bit, he uh, he's going to listen to us spending some fake money horribly. <laughs> I believe, Stan, you said I was going to get to judge afterwards. Oh, so I think that's a great idea. Get cool points this week. You can definitely judge. Uh, just remember, uh, I get to see you on Monday. Uh, easy now, easy. You know, I think that's a great idea, Clayton, for you to judge because when I told my wife the the uh, concept or theme for this week, spend my fake money, she said, well, how are you going to award points? And I said, well, I, I guess we're just going to give points to each other. And she said, well, that's not going to end well. <laughs> and she was correct. Too many, too many biased opinions. That's a good Absolutely. So, Bill, seeing how you got this whole thing, this was, uh, this is kind of in your wheelhouse. I'm going to let you start. Okay, I'm going to send you my email right now. That's on its way to you as we speak. So, I'll start out with talking. So, our spend my fake money this week was um, resto mods. And um, there's kind of a couple of schools of thought in resto mods. You know, basically, the concept here is we take an old car and we preserve a lot of its old car. Um, character, but we update that car to also make it very modern. So, resto mod, you know, restoration and modernization. So, um, I really like the the derelict school of thought. So, if you if you're familiar with Jonathan Ward and his company Icon Motors, um, one of his product lines that he puts out is a derelict series where they take an old car that has a lot of real character and patina, not like fake rap patina, um, that takes takes the car that has a lot of patina and age to it, and they, they spend a very small fortune uh, making everything else in that car brand new and perfectly functioning, but it still looks like a somewhat rusty old dilapidated car that's barely and then then the other idea is the kind of pro touring um you know very in your face clearly present aggressive stanced um i spent a lot of money and i want you to be able to see i spent a lot of money kind of resto mod so yeah so i kind of tried to split the difference on the two with mine so stanley you'll see you have a plethora of stuff to choose from as far as links go on that yeah, it's end. like 27 different links. <laughs> it's not 27, but it's a bunch. Um, so if you start with that first link that's on there, this is my this is my inspiration. So this will take you to a Flickr page. Um, and then if you'll just scroll about no, three. No, I am not scrolling yet. We are going to discuss what you just sent me. Clayton, I'm gonna try to send you this email as well. I'm gonna try to send you these links as well. So I don't yes, know if you can probably a good idea. Pull this okay. stuff up. Might have to send it through me uh, through text. I will. I can do that. I'm fancy. But yeah, we're gonna discuss this. Hey, sir, uh, did, uh, what what are you doing on my page? No, no, no. So 
yeah, I want you to scroll because the first couple of cars in this uh, gallery are not the inspiration. So the car you're looking for is about three quarters of the way down on that page. You'll know uh, it when you get there. I'm about to say, because this page starts out with a whole lot of BMW, and I was like, uh, no, that's not allowed. <laughs> you're definitely well, not allowed. You may come back to regret that. Um, so so if you scroll down about three quarters of the way, oh, you're going to get to a station wagon. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Clay, did you catch that uh, that text I sent you? Uh, I did. I got it. I'm, uh, I'm scrolling right now. Okay, so so that is my my inspiration. Um, so overall goal would be something similar to this, maybe a different color, most likely a different color, although I am digging the burgundy on gold uh, wheels. So yeah. this is this is a um, anywhere from an, a late 70s to late 80s Mercedes W123T or TD, uh, depending on what designation engine choice you're looking for in the U.S. Um, notable reasons for liking this car are, I think that the W123s, whether a sedan, coupe, or wagon, are one of the best built BMW or Mercedes Benz of all time. Um, I think, and somebody out there in automotive land with more knowledge than me can correct me, but I believe this was the first true, like, unibody vehicle with crumple zones. Uh, yeah, that's right. It was being done way back then. And yeah. um, and so it does make it a challenging resto mod because it's not a body on frame. You know, if you really wanted to spend big money, you, you look for body on frame because you can do a custom-built uh, frame like an Art Morrison chassis, that kind of a thing, so that you could you could build your frame to the exact engine specs you're trying to stuff into it. So it does pose a little bit of a resto mod challenge, but um, there's not many of these out there that have been done. So I, I think it makes it a unique candidate. Okay. Okay. Also, a big selling point for me is it has a rear-facing seat in the very back, which I just think is cool. So <laughs> I knew it was going to be a wagon because of course. Because your bill. Okay, so so the next link is the perfect host. So if you click on that, this would be my host vehicle. I would choose for it. So okay. you, you got to have a starting point. This is a very clean, rust-free Southern 1985 Mercedes Benz 300 TD Turbo. Um, well, so this is pretty high right there, though. I mean, that, that's twelve thousand dollars already for the donor car. Yep, yep. So it's twelve thousand three hundred dollars for the donor, but. Here's, here's where I save a little bit of money. I'm not doing anything with the paint or the trim. I'm not doing anything with the interior. I like the seats that are in this thing. I like the blue pleather uh, 1980s look. I'm doing very little interior stuff to this other than probably pulling everything out, you know, a full dynamat layer, putting in new carpet, that kind of thing. But very, very simple updates for the interior. And I'm not changing a thing on the paint. I want the paint to have age to it. And this one's actually really clean. So, again, I don't have to do any major rust repair or anything like that. This car sold in Tennessee for $12,300 um, about this time last year. So that would be a good donor. And, and, and honestly, those cars – um, in this condition, they can range anywhere in the twelve to fifteen thousand dollar range. You certainly can buy more expensive ones or cheaper ones, but this one has a good starting point. Okay, now this is where things will get interesting. So we need a drivetrain. Obviously, if we're resto modding it, we need something more than a three hundred TD turbo. So the next link you're going to find is my heart donor vehicle. Yeah, heart. The heart of the car, the engine, the transmission. The right. Now I could, I could have just went LS. That's what everybody wants to do, but yeah. I did not. I did not go LS. I went on, I went on a website where I can find wrecked cars called Auto Bidmaster, and I found a 2009 Mercedes Benz. I'm gonna stay Mercedes, which will be a challenge, but we'll get to that. C63 AMG. So that's a 6.2 liter V8 making some really decent power for this heavy station wagon. Really decent power? That that that's 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 how you describe this? Yeah. That's a kind of horsepower. Nothing. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean it's a resto mod. It's got to have some power. Okay. 
Now, if you look at the next link, you'll see okay. you'll see kind of where I would like to go with presence, wheels, stance. This is a car that I saw in person last year at SEMA, and it was probably my number two or three favorite car of the show. Um, this car was one of the major sponsors was Forge Line Wheels. Um, so this was Josh Stahl's Mercedes-Benz. It's a 280 SEL, so it's a big old-bodied four-door limousine. Um, and, and it has got some big Forge Line LS3s on it, which have some big old fat chrome lips. And I would absolutely figure out a way to get those wheels on this car and those fender flares and, and get this yeah, thing a little bit lower to the ground. Okay, real quick before you uh, before you uh, say, say something, I just want everybody to know that Bill went to SEMA last week, uh, last year without me, and I, I, I am still upset that he didn't take me with him, and because we had a, a plan that we was gonna go get figure out how to go to SEMA together, and he went without me, and I think that he shouldn't do that no more. All right. All right. I'll give everybody out there in the listening audience a chance to pick up their <laughs> tissue box and wipe away those tears of pity. <laughs> but hey, that's sweet. that car is sweet, bro. He, there's an LS swap in that one. Yes. Hey, uh, speaking of, uh, hey, Clayton, are you following all of this? I am. I am. I'm actually doing pretty good following. That, wow. That, Josh Stahl, you did a good job, bro. Yeah, that car is that car is sweet. So the the inspiration for that car um, is called the Red Pig Two, which um, if you don't know, there the first Mercedes AMG race car was a, a four door sedan, and it was called the Red Pig. So if you're ever curious what that looks like, you can just Google search Mercedes Red Pig. Very successful um, race car back in the day, and really put AMG on the map. So um, so anyway, you can check that out at your leisure. And uh, and then in the next link, we're going to kind of get into where my budgeting comes from. So this is the prices to beat with the build. And what I've done here is I've pulled up, um, bring a trailer, and just kind of searched out where current generation Mercedes-Benz E55 and E63 AMG wagons sale because with that engine choice and that drivetrain um, in that wagon really what i'm doing is i'm building a resto mod version of the current e63s amg wagon yep. uh, even though the current ones are only sold in four-wheel drive yeah which isn't a bad thing because you know with a 600 horsepower car it, it may not be a bad thing to have traction but Continue, yeah, sir. Yeah, that, that's true, but but I've got more weight, I think. So I do have a shorter wheelbase. I think my wheelbase is uh, maybe like five inches or so shorter. So it's a little smaller car, but um, I'm all about doing some drifty things with that horsepower. So yep, yep. Okay, so so this gives me a range of prices to beat. Um, so I think let me find my notes here. So we're looking at cars that typically sell. Anywhere from the low end at like thirty nine thousand five hundred to fairly new like two thousand eighteen models that maybe are going for around ninety one five, and then and then the last link on there is a link that says why I don't buy a new one or why I don't want a new one, and so if you click on that link, I took the liberty of going over to Mercedes Benz website and building a brand new. 2020 amg e 63s wagon and my build came in at a staggering one hundred and twenty five thousand eight hundred and forty five dollars yeah okay yeah, so things cost that much now which is ridiculous for a station wagon okay so so i did some quick math here and this is where i'm at on my build see if you can follow along here so for my donor car i'm looking at 12 to 15 and i tried to give a range for each of these items my donor engine i found that one for 7600 but let's say i may have to spend anywhere up to 10 grand to get a hold of one um fab work because there's going to be some work that's got to be done in that engine bay to make room for everything although the engines that were in those cars were fairly large cast iron engines 
um, and new engines are much smaller. I do think there's probably going to be some massaging that has to happen. So I've got a $10,000 budget there for fab work. Um, drive line, because I'm going to need a custom drive shaft. Again, I got a five inch shorter wheelbase. Um, rear end, suspension, wheels, tires, you know, brakes, all that stuff that gets me going down the highway that I probably can't pull every single bit over from the donor car. I'm figuring somewhere between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars because it's a lot of work in there. Okay. Now, this is where a lot of people miss the boat on on doing these builds. The ECU and the wiring. Telling that new engine that it's working in an old car and especially in one that's not been done before is probably going to get pricey. So I'm thinking five to eight thousand dollars for my wiring. Um you still there? Everybody following along, or did I lose Stanley? He looks froze up. He does. We might have lost Stanley. I'm going to keep talking, assuming we're still recording. So for audio and updating um, the infotainment type stuff, which would be very, like, tasteful and hidden and, and not blatant that I've put new stuff in the car, um, I'm looking at, and, of course, pulling the carpet, putting sound deadening in, and making the car quieter. Maybe three to four thousand dollars. So I'm not going to spend a lot of money there. That puts me at a total budget on the low end of fifty two thousand six hundred dollars to the high end of about sixty seven thousand um, dollars. So while that does sound like a pretty large chunk of money to spend on a car from 1985, um, it is still considerably. You know, it's it's in the same ballpark as cars are currently selling for that are used, and it is half the price of a brand new one yes it is hey can you hear me because you said you i can hear you now yeah i don't back. know what happened yeah but, you're uh, back to moving your lips and stuff for a moment there you were all froze up i don't know what happened um i'm gonna make me a priority on my internet because i can do that now with new wi-fi nice okay and so that completes my my original like nobody else that i can find on the internet has done this resto mod that i think would be really fun and cool and i would definitely drive it um and then i and then i went the easy route too and i picked one that already exists but there's only one of them that i've ever found and that's that bottom link which is called the easy way out um and this is a car that i have really liked for a while I, I saw it back when it first got built or saw an article about it which i also posted on here and um totally in love and enamored with this car and would absolutely drive it every day it is a ls1 powered 1973 bmw bavaria with a six-speed manual i knew you was gonna take a shot at me with my bmws i knew it I would absolutely, I love this car. This car, oh, this car ticks all the boxes. It is fast. It is, it is German. It is like unassuming and unique. And I mean, it is all the things I like. Oh man. Oh, man. I, I, uh, I, I really do like your builds, man. Um, and actually there's more logic in your build than, uh, I, than I expected from you. So that is awesome. Uh, you know, applying some real world thing. You went pretty in depth on uh, comparing the prices on how much a new one costs versus how much this build will cost. And I like it. I don't know. I don't know a better way to say it than I like it. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. I really enjoyed this one. This is probably one of my favorite um, spend my fake monies. Although buying you cars was was still my favorite. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna send you uh, uh, a few links and stuff myself. And I'm going to send them to Clayton as well. So just I know we are talking about sending links and emails and stuff like this. But one of the things that we think our podcast has that's a little unique from others is we legitimately have no idea what we're going to say before we get on here. <laughs> yes, we are definitely unscripted. I, most of the time, don't know what I'm going to say when my mouth starts moving. Yeah, because, you know, that's, that's how that works, too. <laughs> I mean... I can't tell you that I'm any different because my mouth gets been getting me in trouble for 43 years. So, <laughs> yep. so I sent you a couple of weeks, uh, links as well. Yep, I got them. Yeah, I have a history of um, Marine Corps performance reviews that have nothing on them except for two words: no tact. <laughs> it happened. 
That's right. Okay, first first one. What do we got here? For the record, I didn't do that to him either. All right, so the first link you're looking at, right? Oh, so yeah. this is my inspiration. So once upon a time, a long, long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Stanley owned a, a eight, 1985, 1986 BMW 318i. And he had all these dreams about what he could do to this car. I and had dreams he, about what I could do to that car. Correct. And then he realized that having children and being married and being a corporal were not conducive to doing all these things to that car. So, <laughs> so, so he got rid of it and he got a Mercury from Sheila Hadley. Look, it, I had a 91 Mercury tracer that I paid $700 for and I had about $3,000 worth of audio equipment in and it was pimping, sir. <laughs> uh, I know. I helped take all the interior out of that car. <laughs> In the front yard uh, of your house on Tarawa Terrace. Yep, yep, yep. Because you know that's how you do. That's how you really do audio things. You do it in the front yard so everybody can see what you're doing and see that you're being an idiot and seeing how we're from the south in the country. Front yard is a good workspace. That's okay. right. That's right. <laughs> so this car, and then make sure you're looking at the white car. You're looking at the the white BMW three uh, three twenty five IS, correct? Yes. All right. So this is. Yep. This is my inspiration. Clayton, are you seeing this? I am. All right, so I am not going to quite build this car, but it is an inspiration. It is the inspiration for my build. Um, real quick, I call this uh, my uh, my German muscle car because, you know, or pony car because, you know, little cars with big power, that's a cool thing. So, this has got one of the best motors BMW ever built in it. Yes, it does. It is, a, like I said, it's an 89 BMW 318i with uh, the next generation BMW M3 inline six in it. Yes. So that car in its own. So this is what this is my plan with this car. I did not go in quite the detail that Bill went into, but I'm buying that car. If you look at the uh, next link, the no reserve. Yep. So you can pick up this car for about $3,500, $3,200 current bid on a bring a trailer. The now, this, one's a, this one's a four-door. Oh, it don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> you can weld the door shut. That's we right. That's a hazard. It don't matter. <laughs> four doors, two doors, it don't matter. So what I'm, my plan for doing this car is essentially being um, building an E30 M3 nice. without paying $100,000 for a car with 10,000 oh, 10, miles on it. That's a real BMW uh, M3 from that generation. I got so, you. But uh, I'm not going to go quite, quite that crazy. So... Initially, what I'm going to do is I'm pulling out all the interior. I'm rewrapping all that stuff with, with some leather. I have a friend who has a uh, custom car uh, uh, business, and he can help me out with that. I'm, I'm putting some nice soft leather on them seats. Uh, they will, they will be, uh, be kind of brownish color because I like browns. I'm an earth tone guy. Um, complete uh, uh, carpet, dynamat. All that stuff is coming out. Yeah, uh, the uh, the 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 instrument panel, stand factory. There's this. Uh, it was this cool website that I used to use. Well, it was a magazine back then. It's called Bavarian Auto Sports. They no longer exist, but they are. They have been reborn in in the form of ECS tuning, which I can get every interior part new for this car. So it's gonna look. For the most part, factory. Nice. From the, from the interior perspective, it's just a little nicer factory. Um, there will be one non-factory thing that you can spot from the uh, looking through the window because there's going to be a old school looking Alpine in the deck because back in the day, everybody wanted Alpines, <laughs> and yeah. I st and I and I still like Alpines. They make some um, Alpine hair units that you can get from Crushfield right now for about $500 that look a whole lot like the old school Alpines, but they have everyday function. So it's going to be a single den unit. Uh, 
It don't necessarily necessarily have to have a uh, screen because Bluetooth works for me. But yep. if you, I, I can do the screen for about a thousand dollars and get my Android Auto and Apple CarPlay and things that I like on there. Let's be uh, honest, though. I mean, if this thing goes, if if the build on this thing went the way you wanted it to, you're just gonna be listening to that drivetrain. You're not gonna even be listening to music that often. Oh, you you're correct. You, you you're correct. But you know, every now and then. I like to relive my 20s and be really loud on back roads with music. When you're pretending you're back home at Myrtle Beach cruising the strip. Absolutely, because I couldn't do it then because I didn't have no money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, interior is going to be completely redone, kind of tastefully, just updates, new parts. I'm digging this, it. The same uh, instru uh, instrument panel, just that Alpine. I'm, I'm throwing a, a, an Alpine component in the kick panel. If you don't know what the kick panel is, that's where your foot goes over there in the corner of the, of the car. Putting some uh, Alpine component set over there. Uh, Alpine component set in the, um, on the back doors. And a, a single 12-inch Alpine deep, uh, dual voice car uh, 12 in the trunk with enough power to power all that. The trunk is going to get redone as well with the interior, so it's going to match. It's all going to be new. I'm either going, I'm even going to try to get that tool, that little tool chest. That if you don't know, when you pop the trunk of the BMW, there's a little tool thing right there. I'm going to try to make that thing nice as well. Get all those original BMW tools in there. All those original BMW tools in there. Oh yeah. Uh, which aren't really that hard to find. It's just they, they're never in the car. <laughs> it's it's true. I mean, if 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 like common people own the car they're they're gone but yep. if a car enthusiast on the car they just stayed there and, and didn't get touched all right so um bill and clayton do y'all see that picture of that that blue bmw right there the the third link oh it's not even a link i don't think i, don't think, I sent you a picture oh let me go I back to that picture i just got that third link Oh, you didn't get the picture? Hold well, on. it's a link to the Bing images, so I see the image. Uh, so, it is a blue BMW uh, E30. Yeah, it's it gorgeous. Is, uh, it is gorgeous. That is the that is essentially the look. All those parts come from a body kit that was pretty popular back then. You can still get that body kit from that same website. So it's not going to be some gaudy thing. It's going to have some slight fender flares, uh, fender flares on it. I'm not going 19 inch wheels, 20 inch wheels, nothing like that. Some hot 17s, you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, if you uh, you see the, did you get the red one? Mm, no. Oh man, I'm gonna send you the pictures of again. So the red one is essentially the uh, 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 the same car, just in a red color that I particularly like. But my car won't be red. Okay. So if uh, if you didn't know, BMW, uh, the first generation BMW M3 came in what color, Bill? Uh, white. Correct. So this car will be white. I mean, I meant to say, what is white? Correct. Correct. <laughs> Good answer. So this car will be white, but it'll be like a frost white. Uh, a little bit, of, a little bit of flake in it, and a little bit, of, a little bit of nice. color in it. But uh, nothing that you just you can you, you see the car driving down the street. You're gonna know something different, but you ain't gonna quite be able to put your your, your hand on it. Um, okay, let me just throw something out there, and maybe this is a white guy thing, and maybe it's, it's just me being odd. But I love a like very like creamy, like thick. I guess not creamy because that says it's not quite white, but like a very deep pearlescent white paint job yeah. with with a cream white like off-white like a little darker than eggshell rim i think it looks good it does look good I, not I would, many people build like do cars like that like that i i agree with you um i my first one of the, one of the first cars that i had when i was in japan it was a white car with uh with like midnight blue wheels so the colored wheel yeah, but thing. Yeah, were in Japan, so they were probably shaped like teddy bears or something. They were not shaped like teddy bears. They were five stars. <laughs> do you, dude, you, do you remember the teddy bear wheels back in the yeah, day? Yeah, that's why I said it. Of course I remember them. 
Clayton, did you know they made uh, wheels shaped like teddy bears back in the day? Uh, I did not. Of course I didn't. Uh, I'm definitely <laughs> going to find a picture of those things and send them to them. Uh, I'm um, sure you will. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, so, so it's, white, it's, it's, it's white with a little bit of flake in it, a little bit of color in it. Interior is uh, creamy brown with the heart of that next generation on M3. And it's not necessarily the original mod, but it is everything that I wanted to do to my car, and I could not afford it back in the day. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what do you um, think this would cost you? Um, so this is the thing. So making all this stuff, getting all the pieces is really, that ain't really the hard part. Making them fit together is a little bit of a challenge because you kind of need a bit, a dude who gets his, uh, can get his uh, hands dirty with BMW, in the way that BMW likes to do it. Just so happens, I know a certified BMW mechanic. So uh, the car itself, you can pick up for around about from three to five thousand dollars in decent shape. Um, the 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 seat, the the leather for the seats. I looked on uh, Catskins, I believe it was Catskins. The seats were about fifteen. Uh, the seat covers about fifteen hundred dollars. The uh, the wrap for the 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 leather at leather at wrapping for the uh, for the door panels and things like that. That was going to be around about a thousand dollars because I really wanted because uh, I wanted my friend Mike to do it. He would probably do it cheaper, but I would want to pay him because that's his job. Right. <laughs> um, the carpet was another two, uh, another fifteen hundred two thousand dollars. The interior pieces, depending on which one you uh, which one you went with, some of these some of the interior uh, pieces hold up pretty well. So I don't really foresee having to re replace that whole dashboard and thing like that. Oh, and I forgot one thing. It will have a Momo steering wheel. Of it course it will. So total, I lost my notes because I, I fat fingered it and I deleted the thing trying to help my wife do something else. And at the time where I was in the build, it, was, it ended up being round about $27,000 for everything that I wanted to do to it. Because I'm completely updating the suspension because you can get a whole new suspension, modern suspension kits uh, straight from that uh, website. And it is not a hard build to do. It is not, uh, I guess, it ain't really that unique, but it's just everything that I wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You were starting from the ground up at all, but that, that that's going to end up being a good car. I like oh, it. And if you sure. want to throw another extra two or three hundred dollars on there, I know uh, the website I got my headliner from actually sells uh, some sound dampening carpet covers. You go right underneath that with a little protective sheet underneath so it don't get burned up and nothing. Yep. Yep. Hey, and anybody else who got a good idea like like Clayton just had, I'm, I'm taking it because uh, I know me. I would be willing to spend the twenty-seven, thirty thousand dollars to do it. My wife would look at me like I was crazy every time I went to a store. Therefore, <laughs> yeah, but um, you wouldn't be able to see her giving you a crazy look because you'd just be smiling and looking out the windshield and enjoying the drive. She's to be covering his ears. That's right. Yes, I would have headphones in, but. Uh, <laughs> I had a second build that I was starting to work on, but again, my fat fingers got in the way. So I'm just going to briefly describe that. So, Bill, remember we were talking about muscle trucks a couple weeks ago? Yep. So remember the old box blazer? Yep. So I'm building me a box blazer, sir. I'm building me a box, old school box four-door blazer with the uh, rims of the uh, what, what is the 9094 Camaro uh, IROCs. Okay. That people used to do that? Yep. Um, it's, again, it's not necessarily the original idea, but it's things that I wanted that I definitely could not afford back in the day. And that's where your LS swap came in. Because yep. it has to have <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, like Bill was saying earlier, when you start with a body on frame project, you can there's some parts out there that is just easily accessible. So you can do the whole suspension, you can do all that stuff pretty decent price if you start with a body on frame for this retro model. Because I mean, if you can think it's somebody, somebody did it. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, if it really, if you look at 
like big dollar, big budget builds that involve a lot of in-depth work. They almost always, and no matter what genre and it's in, if it's, it's some crazy, you know, uh, swapping like a, a Caprice drivetrain and chassis onto like a old Ford F 100 or, you know, building a, a monster donk, uh, any anywhere on that anywhere in every spectrum. If you want to be able to do a lot to a vehicle and have a lot of flexibility and creative freedom, you you got to look for a body on frame car. Yeah, you can you can do anything to them pretty much. So they're like Legos. Speaking of body on frame cars, <laughs> that's right. So Clayton, out of being Bill's two ideas, which which one do you like the best? Uh, I'm trying to stay as unbiased as possible, but I am gonna go have have to go with uh, Stanley's build. I really like that old that old uh, German muscle you got going on there. You're gonna be pimping yeah. the road. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm really, totally really digging that car. How in depth. Like Stanley was saying, how in depth he went with all your prices and everything, and that was that earned some cool points and all all this. I'm gonna take from this, this, and this, so I can build this one beautiful masterpiece. Yeah. Bill, I will tell you though, um, I like it. I like it. I like the Mercedes wagon idea, bro. I, I I would ride with you. <laughs> I would let you ride with me. I might even let you ride in the the third row rear facing seat, so you could wave the oncoming traffic behind us. <laughs> Them things made me sick back in the day. I used to get most sick. <laughs> hey, but uh, we're gonna try to stay on tra- uh, uh, stay on track and talk to our guests a little bit because we got this kid on. His name is Clayton Cosa. He's from the Ohio's. Yay! Uh, and Clayton just made a new uh, a new uh, car purchase. He bought and correct me if I'm I say this wrong, Clayton. You bought a 1972 Dodge Dart, correct? I did. It's you want to tell us? I will. So I got this car. Well, I was looking for a classic truck to begin with, and um, I came across this guy. He had he had one, but uh, I actually ended up being more interested in this Mopar he had sitting in his parking lot. And I am more of a American muscle guy as you guys are more European boys. And uh, I've loved Mopar my whole life. So I had to get a Dodge. I'm glad it was a Dart. If it wasn't a Dart, it was gonna be a Nova probably or a Plymouth. But um, I got this 1972 Dodge Dart four door got that old mustard gold color on it and uh, he I, I love actually the color. um probably going to end up changing it but i i do like the i do i do <laughs> i do like that color it gives it that classic 70s look for sure and uh carpet's matching uh, he actually ended up having to take that original white vinyl off of the roof and he repainted it to this white silver metal flake going across the top it look it look it looks good stan stan can vouch he's he's seen it oh bill seen it as well i sent him the pictures last night yes oh yes. yeah that's right yeah it's a good it's a good looking car I yeah i agree it. i think it's a good looking car as well so um so what was the muscle truck or the old truck you were looking at or looking for i was looking for probably anywhere between uh 1955 and 65 internationals chevys and uh dodges okay no i like forwards. that i like that old that old curved body style with the with the not uh fleet side but the step side beds yep me and my mom i got it from my mom me and me and her both love that body style yeah i talk clayton out of buying a motorcycle too so because that's what i do <laughs> well i mean that, that was that's that was what good. i would say before originally Uh, Say that again. What's that? Say that again. Uh, That's what I I was saving for the motorcycle originally, and then uh, ended up shifting toward four-wheeled vehicles. Well, I think that's the better better person. Talked me out of it, but from my my own merits and experience. 
You were saying, Bill? I said I think that was the better purchase. I mean, I like some motorcycles. There's some pretty cool ones out there. The ones I like the best are old ones, but um, shocker, right? But um, uh, but yeah, I think the car is the better choice. Yep, yep. So, uh, Clayton, obviously, you know, you got the old school car. I know you want to do some things to it. We talked about a little bit at work because we couldn't help ourselves. And mm -hmm. um, uh, Bill is squarely in the LS swap camp. I see want to LS swap his, uh, his, his Lexus. But what are the things that you really want to kind of do to it? So you told me about the LS swap, and that, that is an option for the distant future, maybe not so distant, two, three years maybe down the road. But uh, my grandfather had a Chevy, I, I forget what it was a Chevy Stroker motor that he took out of his ADL Camino that we uh, used to race. Mm. And uh, so you'd like to put that in there? Ready to put on. What's that? So you'd like to put that motor in there? I would. I give give it give it a little heart. Yep. That little heart. So essentially, you, you want to make this thing fast. Want to make this thing uh, just sound good and turn into a cruiser. So sound good, yes. Cruiser for now, also yes. Later down the road, I'm gonna keep doing what I grew up doing. I want to race that car eventually. So <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be fast. So uh, Clayton, let me ask you what what kind of racing? Drag racing? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We like races. Um, you turn corners. Not Mopar is a big, big drag, big drag racing brand up in. Oh uh, yeah. So uh, I'm curious. The car as it is now. Stanley sent me pictures of it, but I didn't really have any specs. Is this a 318 car or is it a 440 car? What is it? It is the 318. Yeah. What's still a good, good solid engine? Oh yeah, I've seen. Uh, looked at plenty of videos people upgrading the 318s to do exactly what they need to do make them into burnout machines yep. with the yep. three speed that's in it three but speed. uh <laughs> yeah three speeds definitely it'll it uh definitely a drag racing yes. transmission yes. but uh i do i do want to get a four speed or a five speed manual possibly because I don't know if I'm going to be driving it to the track or I'm going to be hauling on on the trailer. As of yet, I don't know. Now, I, I'm not an expert by by any means um, in in building go fast older cars. I would love to be, but I'm not. But I would say, you know, in the short term, I think there's a company called uh, Gearbenders Overdrives. And they offer some overdrive options for old school transmissions that basically are, they're like, um, it's like a transfer case that allows you to add overdrive to your gearbox without having to like completely replace your gearbox. So it might be something worth looking into. Oh yeah, actually. Yeah. That sounds really good for exactly what I'm wanting at the moment. Cause, uh, I do want to take the car up to ohio soon so my family can look at it but uh i'm not really looking forward to making a 700 mile plus trip <laughs> up i went with the three speed 318 but uh overdrive yeah. package would definitely help with that oh for sure yeah i got i got a quick question for you so uh, going right in line out with our resto mod uh, theme for this week. So I had some resto mod ideas for your car. None of this has to line up with anything that you want to do. It's just my crazy imagination applied to your car. So you know, so you know, Chrysler, Dodge, whatever the name is this week, you had to get that plug in there. Uh, you know, they make some really strong V8s right now. Um, mm -hmm. They they may mess up an SUV from time to time. Like that, Bill? <laughs> yes. But they make some pretty strong VH right now. You ever thought about swapping that uh, that power, that whole powertrain power with uh, something more modern? Uh, that is a body and frame car, so you can fix it suspension-wise. But I'm pretty sure that uh, a 392 will fit. 
And I'm pretty sure if the 392 fit, then all the different versions of supercharged new Hemi's would fit as well. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, let's see. My dad had a 2010. Uh, what, what 2010 Challenger with the uh, the supercharged Hemi in it, and I feel like I could get that to work, and that'd work out pretty good. Now, let me throw this out there because I, I like the idea of doing something that is unique and different, but mm-hmm. also performance oriented. And I think I know where you're going. <laughs> I don't think you do. I think if you look at the current engine options from the Dodge, Chrysler, Fiat, whoever they are this Thursday night, um, they offer in the Ram a gas engine with an electric assist. Oh. Hemi, and I think that would be a very interesting candidate for your car because it would be a hybrid drivetrain, but a Hemi with a little extra bump from an electric motor. I think that potentially could be very interesting. That could. Uh, I don't know too much about that one, per se, because I'm I'm more of the loud, proud, get it down the drag strip and want to hear me the whole way. But uh, uh, something like a, probably a big bore V6, eventually. Big so, yeah. The, so the Hemi that's, that's interesting too. Uh, describing right now, and I don't, I'll, I'll probably show you what he's talking about on Monday or send it to you in the link. It is the Hemi motor. It just has an electric assist, so you're getting a little bit more torque right off the line without essentially spending a whole lot of money on gas and superchargers. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? that's right. So it would it would be a unique thing for people to look at to start off with, and a unique probably it probably save you some money in that in gas, and they're coming out of that truck, so they made three billion of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would that be that'd be a good way to get torque. Uh, then then uh, later down the line, once I get a different engine in it, and um, once I'm racing it confidently, it'll probably end up turning into. Uh, uh, Trans break. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got one more question before you guys. Bill and I was talking about. Um, so, you know, given, you know, we, we do a lot of fantasizing about things that we can't afford or don't want to really pay for, but we really like. So, mm-hmm. it sounds like you bought a car that you really like, but what if you had no budget? What would what would Clayton? Oh, currently, a, yeah. What does a twenty-one-year-old go out there and buy? Because you know this is a we have a forty-year-old conversation. But That's right. What would you do if I had no budget? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> that, that's a loaded question. Okay. It, well, let, we'll try. I mean, I know it's a lot to put on you, so we'll ask you it, within within reason. You know, we're not saying what. Like super exotic hyper car. Yeah, I built a spaceship on wheels. Type right, of right, exactly. But what what's out there? Whether it's an old car that somebody else has already done, and that's what you would really like to do, or if it's a new currently on sale car that you think would be a really good car to own. What 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 appeals to a twenty one year old in today's world? Seeing as how much more traffic there is nowadays than there was uh i mean probably a daily driver is what most people are gonna look at something with a little bit of style like uh your new honda civics and things of that nature but personally i still i still always want to go fast i want to have that option uh so i'm with stan on uh I think you guys were talking last week about a uh, the 2019 Corvette. Yeah, something Ooh. like that. Oh, I didn't have a budget. I think I'd, I think I'd go with a vet. Have and have, have get it all blacked out. Uh, get a little chrome trims everywhere, and get a good side by side match with my grandpa's '68 
Stingray. Nice. Did you say your grandpa got a 68 Stingray? What's up? Did you say your grandpa got a 68 Stingray? It's sitting in the garage right next to the El Camino. See, I, evidently, I'm doing something wrong because everybody got better cars than me. <laughs> well, yeah, but the thing you got you got to keep in mind, it, that's his grandfather. He probably bought that car, you know, several years ago and he's just held on to it. Oh, yeah, You're, he bought it in uh, the late 80s, I want to say, as uh, I believe it was maybe an anniversary gift for my grandmother or so- something along those lines. But he actually, his dad owned uh, a, like a little mom and pop dealership, and his high school days were spent at that dealership getting and selling the cars of the time, racing them uh, in Ohio. Uh, this place park avenue where they would do pink slip racing hmm. he used to have a judge <laughs> he had all kinds of cool cars we actually had a, a 56 uh bel-air convertible blue Ooh. Ooh. white interior yeah yeah that, that we had that cruiser for a while and then he actually ended up trading it in to get my grandma uh Another Christmas gift. I forget what that is right now. But yeah, that's what he did. I mean, that sounds like a good relationship right there. I wish my wife would buy me a car. <laughs> uh, don't we all? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I kind of paid you for uh, uh, a challenger guy. A new uh, get you a, get you in a new challenger. Uh, I think B- uh, Bill and I both agree that the three ninety two is the sweet spot, right, Bill? Yeah. It's a sweet spot. It ain't too crazy. It's still fast. It doesn't have a really big crazy price tag, respectively. And I personally think the I like the Camaro and the Mustang. I think they're a little too small and less more pony car, sports cars than and less muscle car. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. I mean, I do like the look of the new ones. It, they're a little too much on the beefy side for me, though. Like uh, the old Challengers had that angled down toward the tire, kind of scooped into the grill, and these mm-hmm. more just kind of like a box front. I yep. mean, yep. it looks good. Like if you look at uh, like the 2008 Avenger and forward, I feel like they all kind of group in that area with that boxy look. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all that for it. Or if I wasn't going to go Mopar, then I would absolutely get a 1968 uh, uh, Chevy Z28. Mm. No, you wouldn't because you couldn't find it. I get the hard top, though. <laughs> Thank you for getting the hard top. That's your man after my own heart. Convertibles <laughs> are not, don't hit. Nope. <laughs> They do not. But, you know, I totally agree and, and 100% agree with the, the comment about the the look of the new cars and the boxy. But again, that goes back to my soapbox about how all of those cars' designs are forced into a box because of government legislation. So I blame it on the lawyers. Sam That's was why telling me we were talking about that, and I, I 100% agree. And the lawyers have ruined the automotive industry from there being any character or style. That's why we will never have another E30 M3 or uh, a 1972 Dodge Dart. I mean, each of those cars, they couldn't be further apart from each other, but they each have a very unique personality that when you look at them, you know exactly what they are. That's right. what I love about old cars too. Yeah, I feel like uh, new cars are, yeah, like you said, are getting forced in this box. I think they all look the same. Like, it's it's a mess. That's why that's why I liked, I like older vehicles. I've always been attracted to them. I, I was having a conversation, and there's another side to that coin. But I was having a conversation today with a um, a, a dealership owner, and um, we were talking about new car sales and, and sales volume numbers. And, and you know, I asked him what one of his biggest challenges is currently with, with selling a new car. And, you know, I was thinking maybe the response I would get would be something geared towards 
um, availability and pandemic numbers. And, and of course, we talked a little bit about that. But but he said that one of his biggest challenges is anytime a customer buys a brand new car, there's a minimum hour to an hour and a half like classroom almost session where the, the salesperson has to teach the people how to use all of the infotainment features in the vehicle um, because people just don't know it. And it ties up a lot of useful sales time because they don't have, you know, the, the, the people that show up to buy a car just don't understand how complex everything is. And and my complaint to that was, yeah, why don't we have cars that have an analog feel? Like I get not every car can, but why isn't there an option for a car with an analog feeling? Yeah, somebody wants to go and buy a car, not buy features. Yes, yes. And that's why I like old cars. Well, I agree and disagree with both of you at the same time. I think some cars are out there that right now they're a little too complicated for the average user. I mean, uh, the, the average purchase price for a new car in America last year, I believe it was around about $38,000. Average transaction price for a truck was, I think it was $52,000. And it's a lot of features in these things. And uh, 20 year olds right now, I don't, well, I couldn't do it when I was a 20 year old. I, I couldn't buy a $40,000 car. So I don't, you know. Yep. And so, so the person who's going to sit who's sitting there buying a lot of these uh, new cars who actually can afford them, or maybe a little older, maybe not as tech savvy. And it's just, it's, it gets me too much uh, sometimes. I mean, uh, I like, if you look into like a new Mercedes-Benz or something, like the cars that Bill uh, pointing out, that stuff looks good, but I'm pretty sure that my wife can't figure out how it works. <laughs> you know so, what I mean? So what you're saying is if I, if I put Giselle in a car that had a knob next to the steering wheel with the letter C on it, when she went to turn the car and it didn't crank, she wouldn't know what to do with that choke? Uh, she wouldn't know what to do with that, but she wouldn't know what to do with the, I think is a total of 36 inches of screen that's in that Mercedes. Oh, you're talking about a new car. Yeah, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. It's too much screen almost. I mean, what, what was wrong with old analog gauges? <laughs> I love old analog gauges. You what was wrong with those thin little stretched numbers and that little gauge? You have a full dash of gauges instead of yeah. some a little icon popping up on your dashboard telling you something's wrong. You can look at it and see what's wrong. Yeah. As it's happening, you might be able to catch it a little quicker in some yeah. aspects. Yeah. I don't think there was anything wrong with knobs. I didn't think knobs and buttons, all knobs and buttons needed to be replaced. I just wasn't my, it wasn't my thing. But I, where I disagree with you at, I like new cars. I do know and understand that there are some legislation that kind of uh, restricts some automotive design. But me being a, um, a former visual artist, I kind of see that as a Hey, you know what the rules are. Still make it look good. And there's some cars out there now that still look good. And they're still obeying all those crazy behind rules, which they that I could, the one that bothers me the most right now is the whole headlight thing because I won't lace the headlights even though I can't afford the car to have them. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, I agree and disagree with y'all. Yeah, I see where you're coming from there, but how much more are you going to spend on a car that's in those parameters that they made to look good? Oh, that's yes. that's actually a good yes. point. Because uh, Bill, I don't know, I don't know if you was paying attention to the uh, news this week, but uh, automotive news. Um, so one of the things that uh, they predict, and uh, all from an automotive automotive news perspective, is cars are going to start having longer uh, life cycles. Kind of going back in the day, nowadays a car have a three, maybe four year life cycle, and then they got to do a whole new car, but with some of these cars going to a lot of modular designs, a lot of it is um, a lot of shared platforms, a lot of uh, some of the, the skateboard platforms with the, the, these electric cars and stuff. That, that stuff took a lot of money and a lot of time to develop. And they're talking about cars going back to having a five, six year 
uh, life cycle. So I think the positive thing, uh, one of the positive things that's going to come from that is they are going to have to make a thing look good at, for a while again. You know what I mean? You can't, yeah. it, can't, it can't just be a, hey, it looks good, and next year it looks old. You know what I mean? Yep. It's going to be have to be a, a, a maybe a little more reserved, a little more classic looking design, maybe. And given that longer a longer uh, life cycle, like you were saying, that's going to give uh, the car designer more time to think of what the next car is going to look like inevitably so it's not like hey this year there's these headlights and the next year it's the same car with a different headlight and a different trim going from it mm-hmm. yeah 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 i agree you know i would say kind of on the back side of that too i think right now some of the cars that have um well i guess the shortest shelf life on a dealership lot i think they're cars that already have longer life cycles I think those cars are already more desirable. Um, So it's probably, uh, uh, you know, automakers recognizing a trend in the market anyway and saying, hey, you know, that ancient dinosaur of a Land Cruiser that, you know, has had four generations in the last 30 years, they still sell great and they cost a fortune and we haven't updated the styling in 10 years or go right back to what we were talking about before that with the uh with the charger and the challenger those cars still kind of look like they looked when they first came out yeah they could be updated a little bit but you still recognize it as those two cars you know what i mean yes yes and then then we could really go uh all in and say the porsche 911 and they haven't made any major efforts in 65 years. <laughs> See, now that's just being lazy. <laughs> but I don't, hey. I don't know that I'd call Porsche engineering lazy. No, um, no, I was, I was just trying to make more, a whole uh, film. film fix kind of thing. But, but now their design studio portion, you know, there may only be like three guys working in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, but you know what you can do is uh, what you don't mistake them for anything else. Nope. But yeah, man. So uh, on that note, we're gonna talk a little bit about what we're gonna do next week. Hey, Clayton, it was awesome having you here and making um, joining us. Hopefully, you keep listening. Hope you know we keep talking about cars. But we're gonna talk about something that we're gonna do next week, which is uh, on. I spend my money challenge, which is the uh, I affectionately call it the two K race. Yes. So, uh, yeah, Clayton, thanks so much for joining us, man. That was awesome. It was good to have a, a, another car enthusiast on there. And uh, dare I say it, of a different generation than us that still uh, can talk car stuff. So that's pretty cool. And uh, go ahead, Stanley. You're old, buddy. Nobody listening to this podcast <laughs> is going to believe you when you try to lean up to the microphone and go, I don't know what he's talking about. I'm not really that old. You're older than I am. Clayton could be your son. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. <laughs> um, so, um, but anyway, I was going to say, so about the cheap car, um, about the spend my fake money challenge. So um, on the East Coast and in the Southeast United States, we have a racing series called the Chump Car Challenge. And uh, there are a series of endurance races that take place at racetracks all over the, the eastern part of the United States. On the West Coast, um, they they have like a 24 hours of lemons. They have a lemons race series, um, and they have they have like 12 hour endurance races and six hour races as well. But the 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 basic concept of these races is all very similar. That you have a very small budget um, to buy a car and then um, make it a race car. And of course, they get a lot of points for um, style and character and weirdness and oddballness. But, you know, the budget's kind of limitless when it comes to safety features and roll cages and and that kind of stuff. You get a lot more uh, leniency. Um, But we're not going to go quite that in-depth with it since we went pretty deep in the weeds on the Resto Mod Challenge. Um, So what we're going to do is we're just going to kind of look for a candidate for a cheap car race car. So we're going to give ourselves a a $2,000 budget to find what we feel would make a good candidate for an endurance race car. So that's a car that needs to be able to compete in like, let's say at least a six hour race. Six hour race that you got to turn. It has left turns and right turns. And 
really the focus is not always to be the fastest car is to be the car that finishes so. <laughs> yeah that's right yeah fast laps are not always the the goal of those races it's uh consistent laps and preservation of materials you showed up with yeah yeah most of them guys get out there and they're racing with stuff that they built in their yard they don't got no big but they don't got no budget they're just doing this stuff because they love it and you know just like we talk about cars because we love it so 2k we're gonna go we're gonna go find us a pretty good carolina racer uh candidate and uh next week show note hey if you like bill don't like what fca whatever their name is this week uh whatever their name is this week calls themselves did with this uh grand wagoneer next week is your week because we're going to talk about that Bill has some pretty strong thoughts about the Grand Wagoneer, and I'm go this is the forum where he's going to voice those thoughts. <laughs> yes, yeah. So I have some some some. Well, listen. So let's preface this, and I'll say it again next week as well. At this point, it is considered, and it has been announced as being the Grand Wagoneer concept. So. We're not going to infer a whole lot as being like set in stone, and this is definitely what they're going to do. But we are going to talk about this concept vehicle and this opportunity that Fiat, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge had um, and have and have now done this thing with it. Um, I think Stanley has an opinion about it. I think I have a vastly different opinion about it. So we will flesh those opinions out next week. And uh, you can join us for that conversation here on the uh, BS Car Guys podcast. Cool, man. Hey, man, as always, I love you. I love you too, man. Every hey, week, I love you more and more. Yeah, I'm, I'm still here. Hey, we love you too, bro. That's right. <laughs> Fellow Marines, yeah. you know, from one Marine to another, we don't even have to meet to be able to say, you know, you're my brother in the Marine Corps. I love you. Respect what you're doing. Awesome. Oh, yeah. It was good talking to you guys. Good uh Good to good to feel like the younger generation hasn't lost all hope. That's no, exactly no, right. Yet. We're gonna <laughs> hang it all on your shoulders, Clayton. You and Anna, y'all got us through. We're gonna get us through this. Yeah, all right, man. Till next week. See you later. Ya.